Recorded by The Way in Brea. Lead pastor Von Jarrett has a heart for the people at The Way and a desire to reach the lost. The Way's production department prays this message is a blessing to you and that you find yourself closer to God through application. Zach and Megan decide it's going to be one of those nights. So before I get into some of the things that I want to share, um, I want to touch on uh, some of the things that you said, Zach, just so special. You and Megan, just watching you guys, watching your lives uh, has been super special. Uh, the one thing that, that uh, you mentioned a portion of your story, how if you were to explain it to people in the world, they just wouldn't understand it. And I love that you said, even to a lot of Christians, if you were to explain it, they wouldn't understand it. And it's so true, so true. You know, as, as you were speaking, you know, the world has a saying that the devil's in the details. And uh, I don't believe that. I believe the Lord is in the details. It's the little things that he's listening to and picking up on and doing it the way that the Lord details. Our God is a God of detail. You know, when, when he told uh, Noah to build the ark, he gave him a lot of details. When he told Moses about the tabernacle, he gave him a lot of details. He said, do it this way. Don't just do it. Do it this way, and you will be blessed. Um, man, if more people would just do it the Lord's way, just be obedient. Um, when I say that our God is a God of detail, during worship, I didn't know who was going to be doing tithe and offering, and, and I felt like you know I had an opportunity to do it on Sunday. I was ready to jump back up here and do it today. And during worship, God put a scripture on my heart, so I, I went to it in the Bible. I put my little uh, marker on it. And I just can't help myself because our God is in the details to, than to share it with you guys. It's 1 John chapter 4, verse uh, uh, 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And it's the same thing that Ray preached on. It's the same thing that Zach and Megan got up here and shared on. This idea that uh, perfect love casts out fear. If we're afraid of not having enough, if we're afraid of not being able to pay the bills, the scripture says we are being tormented. We are being controlled by money. We are being controlled by bills. We are being controlled by creditors. And God does not want us to live that way. His perfect love will cast out that fear. We have to take the steps of, of obedience to be able to say, Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to believe that you're going to provide for us and your love. He says you haven't been perfected if you're still living in that fear. God doesn't need your money. The church doesn't need your money. What God wants and what the church wants is you to be set free. Amen. It's for you to be set free, to not have to live in fear, not have to live in torment. So, so wonderful, 
so wonderful as, as we come back on a, on a Wednesday night to be able to fellowship and, and get into the word a little bit together. It's such a good reminder to me that that's what our Wednesday nights were always about is actually learning. <laughs> like diving in and learning something and wrestling with the word of God. So uh, you provided that for us, uh, Zach. So we can just mess around for the next couple of hours. We already, we already learned something. Um, so again, before I get into what I want to share, I want to, again, I want to thank all of our hosts for hosting our life groups. It's been six months, amen. Six months of hosting, six months of fellowship, six months of just great testimonies and great things that God is doing. People literally falling in love with each other and, and anticipating meeting together. Uh, this next couple of months of summer, I really hope that we enjoy it and that we continue to fellowship and in, encourage one another to be around and to gather and, and do all that kind of stuff. But we wanted to give uh, everybody a break. We want to give the host a break. We want to give the other families a break. Uh, get re-energized, enjoy your summer, and then get back to, to our life group. So uh, I just couldn't be any happier than, than uh, I am right now to see what God has done, our young adults, what God has done uh, in the lives of all the hosts and, and the families that have been going to these life groups. So God's good, amen? Amen. amen. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's it for now. We'll get into some more of, of what I think for what's upcoming for the church. But uh, let me just get into what, what we have for our study tonight. The first thing... I want to share is a scripture out of the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 15. I don't know if we're going to put them up. Um, if, if you don't have them, it's all right. Um, but uh, Matthew, chapter 21, verse 15 says, When the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did, and the children crying out in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never heard out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning as he returned to the city, he was hungry. You know what? Before I go any further, I just, I'm just going to keep drawing attention to you for a little while, Zach. Um, you know, Jesus is saying, all these people in the church are praising Jesus and saying, Hosanna, you're the son of David. And the church folks are saying, Jesus, do you hear what they're saying? They're praising you. They're giving you the attention. They're giving you the focus. They're giving you the glory. They're giving you the praise. Do you see this? And he said, yes, out of the mouth of babes, I perfected praise. The first thing that Zach said is, when he came to this church, he had never been to church before two times in his life. Right? What would you say? Uh, once was for a baptism, the other was what? Like Christmas or something? A wedding or something like that. But when he got his first check after getting his first job, after getting saved, right? What do you say? Like a little kid in the living room with stacks of cash. But out of the mouth of babes, he's perfected praise. Some people have been serving God or claiming to serve God for decades, and they've never had a stack for him. But out of the mouth of babes, freshly saved, freshly working, Toyota Tercel. <laughs> there's the stack that's what Jesus is talking about here amongst other things every area of your life not just your tithe every other every other area of your life he expects him to have first place in it that's what's going on here uh, it says, out of mouth of babes, you have perfected praise. Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, 
If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, say prayer. prayer. Believing you will receive. Wow. When God gave me the, the scripture I wanted to share with you guys and things that Zach shared, I felt like God was saying, uh, man, some of you guys can be uh, set free from fear this summer. Amen. Some of you guys can be set free from fear in the area of giving or whatever other area it is tonight. And then as I read the scripture afresh to share with you guys, I feel like Jesus is saying, listen, what I said to the fig tree, you guys can do that. Just believe and have faith. But he also said, whatever the mountain is in your life, it can be removed. You can say to this mountain, the fig tree is nothing. What's your mountain tonight? What's the big thing that's in your way right now? What's the thing that you wake up thinking about and you go to bed worried about? He says, listen, if you believe and you pray, it can be removed from your life. Wow, it's promises that he makes, right? So you got this fig tree situation. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, I charge you therefore before, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. Say truth. Truth. Say truth. Truth. truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. You know, Paul was preaching on, on Sunday, uh, his word and uh, uh, the story about Paul in Acts chapter 16. This is Paul and Timothy again. We talked a little bit about them and uh, some of the things that he said, right? We know with Jesus and this fig tree. The problem was he was hungry and he went to the fig tree and there was nothing on it. No nourishment, right? No refreshment, right? No juice, nothing. Jesus is coming to the fig tree and he wants something and it's not ready. It's not prepared. It doesn't have anything to offer to the Lord, right? And then Paul says here, hey, Timothy, if you're going to be like me, <laughs> if you're going to be a man of God, if you're going to do what you've been called to do, you have to be ready in season and out of season. When Jesus shows up, you can't say, it ain't fig season. When, when, when it's time to be at church and we're ready to worship the king, we can't say, oh, I'm not there because it's summer. Right? We got to be ready in season and out of season. When that opportunity comes, you need to be ready in every area of life. And when the Lord calls, we need to be ready in all seasons. Amen? Amen. Be ready in season and out of season. That includes summer. Paul told Timothy, these people are going to turn their ears away from the truth. Do not leave Jesus behind this summer. Right? In the summer, what do we do? The young people leave school behind. Any of them thinking about books? Any of them picking up something just to read? Anybody, any, any of you parents had some of your kids say, hey, I know it's summer, but I was thinking maybe you'll get me a math book. I want to be more prepared for next year. <laughs> They've left all that behind. Somebody say Amen. And they say you leave your worries behind in summer. This is when everybody goes into debt. You ain't got no money, but you're going on vacation, yeah. going on trips, going all kinds of places, just charging it, charging it, charging it. Why? Because you leave your worries behind and you leave school behind. Please don't leave the truth behind. 
Don't leave Jesus behind. Say, it's summer. We, my hair is in the wind, and I'm just doing it. Paul said, listen, these people are going to turn their ears away from the truth. Whatever else you do this summer, don't turn your ear away from the truth. Be more in your word. Be engaged with the truth. Paul told Timothy, listen, not only do you need to be ready in season and out of season, not only do you need to make sure that you don't turn your ear away from the truth, he says, be watchful in all things. I felt like encouraging you guys. I want you to open your eyes and watch how the devil works in the summer. He told Timothy, be watchful in season and out of season. You know, the enemy has a summer plan. He ain't going to do what he did in the winter. He ain't going to do what he was doing when we were all just, uh, our kids were going back and forth to school, so on and so forth. He's got a specific summer plan. And Paul says to Timothy, be watchful. I wonder how many of you will be able to see how the enemy works differently in these next couple of months. He said, be watchful. And then the last thing that... uh, Paul told Timothy is, fulfill your ministry. Listen, man, I, I know that you've been called to something. I know that you've been gifted in a particular way, and I want you to fulfill that. I want you to accomplish the goal. Paul was the one that at the end, what did he say? I finished the race. <laughs> I did what I was called to do. If he takes me today, I'm not going to say, Lord, I was almost done. No, I, I finished the race. And he's telling Timothy, who's basically just starting his, man, fulfill your ministry. I don't care what else you do. Man, I hope you find a wife. Paul Paul would say, I didn't get married, but if you get one, praise God. Hope you have kids, and I hope you raise them. I hope that's successful. I hope your your job or however you support yourself. Paul said, I'm a tent maker. I go into cities, I make tents, and then I preach the gospel. Because I'm not a tent maker primarily. I make tents so that I can preach. So he's telling Timothy, hey, whatever else we do, we will fulfill our ministry. I want to encourage you guys this summer that uh, I believe that all of you are called to lead people to the Lord. I hope that this summer you would fulfill the ministry of bringing somebody to church. I hope this summer you would fulfill the ministry of introducing somebody to Jesus, that you would maybe pray with a friend, pray with a coworker, right? These kids that are going to be coming to your house to hang out, right? Ministering to them and saying, hey, of course they can stay on, on Saturday night, but just so you know, we're going to take them to church with us on Sunday. Imagine if this summer we fulfill our ministry. What a great opportunity we have. Amen? Amen. What's the point? All these things are in season this summer. They're in season. Now's the time. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for seasons. We thank you that you're the God of seasons, Lord. We could live in a world that didn't have seasons. The only reason we know about seasons is because it was in your mind, it was in your heart, and you spoke them into existence, Lord God. Oh, if we had your heart and if we had your mind. But you've given us these seasons for a reason. Help us to open our eyes. Help us to be attentive, Lord God. Help us to understand how you move and how you work in different seasons. Help us also to be vigilant to understand that the enemy understands the seasons as well, Lord God. We're so thankful for what you've done in this last season, these these six months, Lord, where we've entered into life groups and we've seen new life and we've seen things birth and we've seen uh, relationships started and sparked and other ones deepened. We're so grateful, Lord, for those who have stepped out, those who have stepped up, Lord God. The things that you've exposed in our lives, Lord, as we've wrestled with your word and talked to friends and family about it. What a wonderful season it's been, Lord. A season we'll never forget. But we're excited about what you have ahead of us, Lord. Help us to be just as attentive. Help us to be just as uh, engaged in what you do in this upcoming season as what you've done in the past, Lord God. Have your way over this service tonight. Have your way over your word, Lord. Uh, You've already 
given us so much, Lord. You said that we're saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies, Lord. We thank you for the testimonies and how they came forth already this evening, Lord God. We thank you that in worshiping you, we are encouraged. These things only come from you, Lord. They're only offered by you, Lord. You're the only one and the only name by which we must be saved, Jesus. We love you. Have your way. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So tonight I want to take uh, a minute and talk briefly about some things that are always in season. As a church, we need to make sure these things are in season at the way this summer. In 1 John, or excuse me, in John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times. Love is in season this summer. Somebody say amen. amen. How many of you have heard of the summer of love? Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Anybody? You've heard of it? Okay, it was a song. Anybody else? The 60s, 69? What's that? You said what? Grease, the Grease, the movie. You know, I didn't see Grease. This is such an embarrassing confession. I didn't see Grease till I was like a junior in high school. And then once I watched it, I watched it like every night for like three months. And imagine this young black kid, football player, singing the songs to Grease every night. But it was so good. It was so good, wasn't it? We're going to need to edit that out, right? <laughs> Can't put my business out there like that. All right, the, the summer of love. The summer of love was a social phenomenon that occurred during the summer of 1967, close, when as many as 100,000 people, mostly young people, sporting hippie fashions of dress and behavior, converged in San Francisco's neighborhood of Hyatt Ashbury. <laughs> Although hippies also gathered in many other places in the U.S., Canada, and Europe, San Francisco was at that time the most publicized location for hippie subculture. Hippies sometimes called flower children were an eclectic group. Many were suspicious of the government, rejected consumerist values, and generally opposed the Vietnam War. A few were interested in politics, others were concerned more with art, music, painting, poetry in particular or spiritual and meditative practices. That was the summer of love in 1967 in San Francisco. This year, 2019, is gonna be the summer of love at The Way. <laughs> it's gonna be a social phenomenon. That's what they said about the hippies, right? They changed the world, right? The, the civilized people were talking about the hippies, and the next thing you know, everybody wanted to be a hippie. They literally changed the world in a year and thereafter, right? Wouldn't it be awesome if people could look back and say, man, something happened at the way in the summer of 2019, and it has changed the world. Look up, look up things, uh, Christian movements, Christian moments, Christian outpourings of the spirit that changed the world, like the Azusa Street Revival. Look up things like that, and it's not like, it's unheard of. Why couldn't this year be the year, 2019, that people look back and say, man, did you hear about what happened in Brea in 2019? That church called The Way? I wonder if the hippies were more committed to their movement than we are to ours. 
Although Christians will also gather in many other places in the U.S., Canada, and Europe, Brea and Southern California will be the most publicized location for Christian subculture this summer. There were hippies all over the place, but everybody remembers what happened in San Francisco. There's going to be Christians all over the place. There's going to be summer conferences all over the place. There's going to be uh, youth movements all over the place. But man, I'd love people to look back and say, man, but that was the epicenter of what God was doing. Those people were seeking the Lord. Those people were hearing from the Lord. Those people were like glowing when they went outside and everything they touched turned to gold. Will we reject consumerist values this summer? That's what it says about the hippies. They didn't want to be consumerist. They didn't want to be driven by marketing. They didn't want to be driven by the American dream. They, they had their own other set of values. You heard what our set of values are. Are we going to be consumerist, that it's all about what we want, when we want, how we want, and what we can enjoy this summer? Or are we also going to have something inside of us that says, I, I feel compelled to bless others? Amen. Not just to consume, but to release. It says that they oppose the Vietnam War. Will we oppose the, the temptation to forget that there is a war for souls going on this summer? That war is not going to stop. Somebody say amen. amen. Like, the enemy is trying to kill people, steal and destroy, destroy families, take young people's lives. This summer, how many of you remember what we were doing in the summer when we were 13, 14, 15, 17? How many, of us, how many of us are thinking about that? $200 for Elevate? I can't afford that. Are you sure? Because the war is going to rage on whether you pretend like it's not or not. <laughs> they oppose the Vietnam War. I'm opposed to forgetting that there's a war going on this summer. When we're at the beach and when we're barbecuing and when we're in the backyard and when we're hanging out and when we're laying out and some of you can tan, tan, whatever you're doing. <laughs> please don't forget that the war is raging on. You can avoid it for a couple of months, but all that's going to happen is that you're going to come back a couple months from now and see that your resources have been depleted, your walls have been knocked down, your defenses are useless. While we enjoy art, music, painting, poetry, swimming, and barbecues, we will prioritize seeking the Lord. Right? It gave you all this stuff about the hippies, and some of them were into art, some of them were anti-war, anti-government. Like, I'm down with art. I'm down with hitting the museums this summer. I'm down with the beach, right? And barbecues and music and all that good stuff. But we will seek the Lord. I will seek the Lord. Because it's always in season. Let's make sure love is in season this summer for us, right? It's real easy to, to, to get selfish this summer. It's real easy to focus on our own families and our own time. And we've been waiting for it. Many of us have been waiting uh, for some of this, this kind of season to roll around. But man, I want us to still be marked by love. Jesus said, you will know, they will know that you are my disciples by the love you have one for another. Not even just him, but for each other. Can we be loving this summer? I believe that as we hang out, as we do these barbecues and swim and hang out with friends and family, uh, I think that the love that we're able to show to people is going to open a door for us to lead them to the Lord, right? Amen. I like to think back to when, to when I was a kid, uh, but there was something special about hanging out with your friends in the summer, like you just couldn't get enough. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Do you remember like you didn't care how early you had to get up to go hang out with them? You didn't care how late you could stay out, right? If you could stay the night, you were staying the night. Like you just always wanted to be together. Imagine if we were so loving that like when you saw those friends at the barbecue, they're like, man, what are you guys doing tomorrow? Like, when we get old, like, we go and we have a good time, but we're kind of like, all right, now we'll see you guys next time. But imagine if there was something so special about this group of people that they asked you at the end of the night, what are you guys doing tomorrow because we're not done hanging out. You're like, that's awesome because we're going to go to church tomorrow. You're coming with us. (laughs) Do you think you could be that loving? Do you think you could be that engaging? Do you think you could be that, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, Like, like, magnetic? where people are even willing to go to church to hang out with you because they don't know love like the love that you've been able to show them. You showed up with a gift. You showed up with food for the barbecue. You stayed after to clean. You asked them about their family and how things have been going. What do you guys have planned for the supper? They're like, man, we need to hang out with you more often. You think you could be that loving this summer? Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. How many of you are going to forget the household of faith because you're hanging out with old friends and family this summer? It says do good to all. Go to the barbecue. Fellowship. Hang out. Enjoy friends. Enjoy family. Haven't seen you for a long time. Second point. We need to value and gather with the household of faith this summer. That's always in season. It's always in season to be with the household of faith. It's always in season to gather together. We press pause on our life groups this summer for family vacations, right? So that we can have impromptu gatherings with other friends and and church folks as well. Hangouts can happen, right? How how would it feel if, if... Uh, you couldn't go on vacation or you felt guilty about going on vacation, right? Or if you did have a friend that you haven't seen for a long time is coming into town, you couldn't hang out with them. We don't want, we don't want life groups to, to hinder us from, from reaching the world and enjoying our summer, enjoying friends and family. But it's not an excuse to ignore the body. This summer, we scheduled a few things. We have a picnic on the 7th. After church, we're going to go right up here to uh, uh, Clark, Craig. Carbon Canyon, Clark Craig Carbon, Carbon Canyon. We're going to have a picnic. We're going to fellowship, right? Like, be there. If you were planning to do something, like, change the weekend so that you can gather with the household of faith and go do that, right? We're going to have some life group challenges and, and things like that. But I think it would also be an, an awesome opportunity to say, invite a friend to church that Sunday and then take them to the picnic with us, right? They can hear the word of God and they can see that we're real people and we really enjoy each other and we love each other. And that whatever life group I get drafted onto is going to win all the challenges. (laughs) I was thinking that the young adults life group need to join the Chino life group because that that group, y'all ladies, you know, you need need the young adults. And then you guys will dominate (laughs) whatever we're doing. But we're going to have a picnic on on the 7th. And then I don't know what date it is, but hopefully you guys look on your calendar. There's a Saturday that we're going to be going to the beach together. Like... These aren't just things to say, oh, no, I didn't make it or it was not a big deal. I'm saying like right now, pull out your calendar and say, I'm going to be there. It's in season to be with my family, my church family. That's in season. It's a, it's a public beach and a public park. Other people can come with you. Invite them to be with us. But you make sure that you're with us. Somebody say amen. amen. Does it make sense tonight? Yes, sir. Is it really in season? Yes. 
Because I'm going to be taking roll. I'm just kidding. <laughs> How many of you remember what it was like? Like when you're in the puppy love stage, I'm not going to throw ages out there, but you know, young ages, teens. And like, you thought like you were really in a boyfriend, girlfriend relationship, and then summer hit, and then he stopped calling. <laughs> like summer hit, and she stopped returning text messages or whatever it was. We didn't have text back then, but you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden you couldn't get a hold of him or her as easy as you could before. You know why that is? Because during the school year, you only got a couple of hours after school where like, you can really get into anything. So it's like, oh, I really do love you. I want to spend time with you. Let's stay on the phone talking all night. But in summer, you have endless hours of ridiculousness. You get to go wherever you want. Your parents go to work, and you just wake up like the world is mine. <laughs> I know it felt like I was really into you, but that's only because it was during the school year. It's summer now, and I'm not. There's so many people out here. I wonder if the way is going to feel like that this summer. <laughs> hey, September to June, we're all about you, the way. <laughs> we're all about you, life group and church and prayer. But July and August, whoo, there's endless hours of things that we could do. We'll be back, Jesus, and we'll apologize for what we did all summer. Baby, I still love you, but you know the family was doing stuff and they had some vacation. I, I just, I didn't have a phone. We can't even make that excuse anymore. Back in the day, it was like you had a house phone. You could just say somebody else was on it. <laughs> All joking aside, though, gathering as a church family is always in season. Let's have a great attendance on Sundays this summer. Let's invite others to come to church, friends and family. Let's really just value the time. Again, we're not going to have life groups. We don't have a Wednesday night service. Uh, I really feel like we should just really engage in our Sundays, and when we have an opportunity, like the beach or the park, let's do that, and then impromptu hangouts, right? If you're going to go to a family function, like invite a church friend to go with you. If you're already going to go to the beach, praise God, invite a church friend to go with you. Summer of love. <laughs> Summer of gathering. Is it too much? No. Okay. If I don't get a text being invited, I'm going to be upset. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Let's love each other. Let's stir it up. Let's consider one another when we're doing things. Let's invite other people. Let's bless them. Let's spend a couple extra dollars to take somebody else's kid with us when we're going somewhere. Let's be over affectionate. And he says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't be too tired on Sunday morning. Don't be too worn out for a Saturday trip to the beach with the family, the church family. Amen? Amen. All right, the last thing I want to talk about tonight that needs to be in season this summer at The Way is prayer. On Sunday, we talked about a praying community, and we saw some awesome things in Acts chapter 16. I was reflecting on it, and I was like, man, what a chapter. <laughs> All the things that happened in Acts chapter 16, amazing. I was a little sad that we didn't have life groups this week to really wrestle with it, uh, but maybe at the end tonight we can ask some questions. If you guys have questions or you had thoughts about about, uh, about Sunday. We'll give you a little bit of time at the end tonight to be able to ask some of those questions. Um, anybody else sad that you didn't have life group? Like, you were? Yes. All right, good. 
Good. So either way, we heard that prayer. On Sunday, we heard that prayer is foundational. And it's our voices that the Lord wants to hear, not just our thoughts or our feelings that he wants to search, right? You have to open up your mouth, you know? We talked about the idea of, of worshiping without opening your mouth. It's the same thing with prayer. Our God is the God that searches hearts, and he is the God that searches mind, minds, but he's also the God that gave you a voice, and he wants to hear it. Mary was uh, talking to me this week about, about uh, the same kind of thing in worship and in prayer, how your voice is unique to you, and God wants to hear it, right? And as she was telling me that, I was thinking about an orchestra. And if you ever have somebody that really understands music, right, like a conductor, let's say, he could have his eyes closed, and he would know what instrument is missing. He could have his eyes closed, and when a new instrument began to play, he would be able to tell you what instrument that was, because he really understands music. And I didn't tell her about this, but that's how I was thinking about with God, right? Like, he knows every single voice. So when one more voice adds to worship, to us, we probably didn't hear it, but he is like, oh, that's Steve. Oh, that's, that's Janessa. Right? The rest of us are just singing. <laughs> we don't know the difference if it's 10 voices or 100 voices or 1,000 voices, but he knows every single one. It's the same thing with prayer, right? He's like, that's my daughter's voice. I hear her. Even if it's faint and even if all she can say is, God, please help me. Like he wants to hear that voice. So precious, so important. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, say mouth. mouth. The Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Such a familiar scripture when it comes to salvation, right? This idea of opening your mouth and believing in your heart, right? We've talked about the, the likelihood, though, that some people are willing to open their mouth, but they don't really believe in their heart. The other issue on the other side of that is people who believe, but they never open their mouth. And I just want to encourage you in the area of prayer, open your mouth. Like, it's great that you believe, and it's great that you physically come to church, but man, the Lord needs to hear your prayers, he needs to, to hear you crying out. He needs to hear the truth. Don't be afraid of offending God. Like any thought you have, he already knows the thought, right? So if you say, God, I'm pissed today. God, I'm sad today. God, I'm angry today. God, I feel like you're not anywhere to be found today. Like you're not going to offend him. He's like, well, you know what? If that's what I got to do to get you to open your mouth, <laughs> let's talk. So this Saturday is 201 Saturday. I'm excited for everyone in all the courses that the people are going to be here for. I'm excited for those who are graduating, who have completed all five courses. You know, they've just done their thing. It's been very impressive. I'm, I'm very happy for everyone. However, um, I'm really excited about prayer. Prayer is our middle of five courses. It's the center of what we're doing with our courses. And I believe that it's at the heart of everything that God is doing, just like I shared on Sunday. And it's such an area that we need to grow in. Um, I think that uh, also this Friday night, Ray mentioned it, us having praying in the spirit. We've seen so many people overcome fears. I have that in my notes. and I think it's funny what we talked about as we started. But we've seen so many people overcome fears and begin to enter into something special since we uh, started doing these Friday night praying in the spirit services. Um, but I think there's more of you that need to begin to come. Some people had to come to finish the prayer course, <laughs> yeah. 
That's the only reason why they came, and then they just wouldn't stop coming after that, right? They were afraid to go, heard about it, don't want to be a part of that. What is this praying in the spirit? What is this speaking in tongues type stuff, right? And, uh, but you have to overcome that fear and begin to enter into something special that God has. So I'm excited for the people going into the courts. I'm excited for this Friday night uh, to kick off your summer of love. I hope that you're here. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can pray, different types of prayer, different ways to pray. Uh, but what I want to do the last few minutes of our service tonight, I want to talk about praying in the spirit. One of the things that I realize is that if you haven't gotten to the courses, like if you never started any or you kind of gave up after baptism because the book was so hard, um, <laughs> that you haven't actually gone to the prayer course or you haven't learned about praying in the spirit. Preached about it a long time ago, but I don't preach on it all the time. So I feel like not only is there fear, but there's ignorance. There's questions that people have. So I'm going to talk a little bit about praying in the spirit. And what we're going to do uh, is I'll field questions afterwards. Right? It could be about anything tonight, but specifically if you have questions about praying in the spirit. And if you have questions about anything we talked about on Sunday, like I said, in the area of prayer, uh, tonight will be the night that you get to at least ask some of that. We'll go old school like we used to do on Wednesday night. All right. So uh, say prayer is in season. Let's do it again. Prayer is in season. One last time, everybody. Prayer is in season. All right. Man, the, the prayer strawberries are fresh. I'm not one of those people that know like if it's in season or not. You ever be around people like they bite into a fruit and like, ooh, it's in season. Like, how do you know? You just got a good apple. Is it, is it apple season? Anyway, I'm sorry. It's prayer season. Prayer is in season. If you bite into it, I guarantee it's going to be good. All right. So check this out. What's the what's the what's known as the love chapter in the Bible? John. All right. Well, John's the one he loved. I'll take that. But it's First Corinthians what? Thirteen. Thirteen. Right. It's known as as the love chapter. Isn't it interesting that right after the love chapter, First Corinthians thirteen, Paul goes into praying in the Spirit. Tonight we talk about what's in season for all summer. Number one was love. Number two is gathering as a community. And number three is prayer and praying in the spirit. And it's, it's so good that Paul seems to feel the same way. He says, man, let me tell you how to love and what's different about love. It, it uh, holds no grudges. It endures all things, right? It never fails. And now let's pray in the spirit. Woo. First Corinthians 14. Don't mess with me. You better show up on Friday. Otherwise, when I meet your family, I'm going to do something crazy and just start praying in the spirit as soon as I meet them embarrass you. I'm not going to do that. But listen, these things are connected. That's why God put them together. First Corinthians chapter 14. If you're there, I'm going to read through verse 33. If you're there, say amen. One person, me and you, it's great. The rest of you will read on the board, on the screen. That's why it took us like six years to put the scriptures up there. Because I'm like, no, because they already don't read and they will never read if we start putting the scriptures up there. Like, I don't even need a Bible. First Corinthians chapter 14. Pursue love. Dang, you can't get away from it. If you're afraid, we're going to overcome fear. But listen, this isn't something crazy. It's about love. It's about loving God. It's about pursuing God. It's about encountering God. It's not something to be afraid of. It's something to enter into. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you would prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. 
But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So likewise, you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not, or excuse me, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it's written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I'll speak to this people. And yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore tongues are, a, are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. <laughs> let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So good. Say prayers in season. Prayers in season. Prayer 
is in season. I'm not afraid. I'm mature. Amen. So I'm going to talk about a few different sections. It's a lot. You need to read it again for yourself. I'm going to hit on some things, and then you can ask your questions if you have any. The first is in verse 1 and 2. Paul says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So listen. As with anything in the scriptures, there's so much, it's so rich, it's so full. You could teach on a lot of different areas, but what I'm teaching on tonight, what I'm talking about tonight is praying in tongues. So that's where the focus is going to be. As you ask questions, believe me, I have no problem answering them. But the attention and the talk is about praying in tongues. He says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So the first thing I want you to know about praying in tongues is you are talking to God. You are not foolish. You are not weird. You are not super hyper spiritual. You are not doing something that's ungodly. The scripture says you are talking to God. And it says that in the spirit you are speaking mysteries. Things that you could never even imagine, things that you couldn't understand, things that you, you wish you understood. The Bible talks about things that the angels wish they knew and God has revealed to men. This is the level that you're talking to God on when you pray in the Spirit. Amen. You're having a conversation with God about God's stuff. This is the God that says, I'm so amazing and so powerful that if you see me, you will basically explode. And then he says, but I'm going to give you a way to talk to me in my language. That's what praying in the Spirit is about. Not about being weird. It's the Scripture. It says you are talking to God and your spirit is speaking mysteries. That's the first thing. Second thing is in verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So earlier in, in this whole portion, it talks about edify the church. What, what that means is to build up the church, strengthen the church, teach the church, grow the church. Support the church. And then it says, those of you who speak in tongues, edify yourself. If you pray and speak in tongues, you are going to strengthen yourself. Educate yourself. Support yourself. The Bible talks about David. What does it say? David strengthened himself. How many of us have heard that scripture about David strengthening himself? How many of us are great at strengthening ourselves? Not very many of us. Maybe you should try praying in the spirit because it says you're going to edify yourself. For those of us that have entered into praying in the Spirit, I can't tell you. I shared a little bit on Sunday about dealing with maybe anxiety or frustration or anger and being able to go into praying in the Spirit and then coming out of that feeling better, feeling strengthened, feeling whole, feeling like, oh God, I forgot that you're on my side. Oh God, I forgot that you can change the atmosphere. We sing songs about changing the atmosphere. I'm telling you, in my life, there's nothing that can change the atmosphere quicker than praying in the Spirit. You get into your word, and sometimes it's a struggle, but eventually the, the atmosphere will change. You begin to pray regular, eventually the atmosphere, for hopefully for most of us, will change, right? You come into a worship service, and maybe you're not feeling it, and you're angry and upset, but if we go three songs, especially when we go four, hopefully by then the, the atmosphere has changed. But I'm telling you, within seconds of praying in the Spirit, right, edified, and the atmosphere changes. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. It's for you as well. Next one, number five. Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. It doesn't get any more clear than that. 
Paul's not saying this is a gift for some people, this is for the super spiritual, this is for the people that, that they prayed so hard that this thing would fall upon them and that they got it and it's not for everybody. He says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. I wish you all came on Friday night once a month. I wish you all went to the prayer course. Paul's not excluding anybody. He's encouraging everybody. Everybody say, me too. Unless your Bible says in verse uh, 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues except Vaughn, <laughs> except David, except Susie, except Aaron. He says, God, if you knew that you could talk to God and you would be speaking mysteries in the spirit and you knew that you could edify yourself, I wish you all did it. Verse 7, even things without life, like a flute or a harp, an, an instrument, right? When they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So Paul here is saying, listen, instruments were made to be played a certain way, a certain uh, pressing of the keys and the pedal, a certain way of strumming that guitar. They're not just made to be banged on and strummed, like you got to do it a certain way. And a certain sound that it was created to make is what's going to come forth, right? He says, listen, we have a trumpet that we blow, and depending on how you blow it, people know this means dinner's ready, or this means the enemy is at the gates. You better know the difference in the sounds, right? Yeah. Everybody with me? Somebody say amen. amen. But remember, what we're talking about tonight is praying in the Spirit. The reason he's making that distinction is he's saying, Praying in the spirit is not going to sound like that. It's going to be unknown, unfamiliar, and you cannot interpret it like a regular language. You can't play it right. There's not words that you're going to say that people are going to say, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about, or you're going to be able to say, I'm speaking Spanish, or I'm speaking Arabic. No, it's not like that. It's completely foreign to you and to everybody else. So don't think it's weird when people are praying in tongues and speaking in tongues that you don't understand them. That's what he's saying. You're not going to understand him, them. We went through all these scriptures. What did it say? Like he talked about there's times where you've got to speak with understanding so that people can actually understand. He said, but when you're praying in the spirit, don't expect that to be that time. Verse 12. He says, even so you, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret and this is verse 27. That's 12 and 13. I want to connect it with verse 27. It says, And if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at, at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. So listen, this portion, 12, 13, and 27, Paul's saying, listen, if you want the gift of speaking in tongues, I hope you want it for the edification of the body, not just so you could say you're super spiritual. Okay, because there's people that want all the gifts, but it ain't about the body. Like, why do you want the gift of understanding the scripture if you ain't going to talk to anybody about it? Why do you want the gift of hearing a heavenly language and words from God if you're not going to share that testimony or that prophecy with people? Why do you want the gift of, of healing so you can say, I have healing power, if you're not going to actually go out like Paul and like Peter and actually heal people? Don't, don't get the gift so you can be special. Ask for the gift so that you can be used to bless the body. Right? So then he's saying, if you are going to speak in a tongue, let there be two or three at most, each in turn, and let one interpret. He's saying, if you want the gift of speaking in tongues, it better be so that it can be interpreted so that the body can be blessed. 
The point of me sharing this part with you is that there is a difference between the gift or speaking in tongues with interpretation and praying in tongues. If you are going to speak in a tongue and you're in a congregation and there's people there, there's no value to anybody for me to get up here and just start speaking in tongues. Unless I'm going to interpret or somebody else is going to say, I really feel like God is saying something and I wasn't sure, but after you spoke in tongues, I just feel like he really wants me to share that this might be the interpretation and then you can edify the body of Christ, right? It's similar to, we weren't speaking in tongues, but it would have been like what happened tonight, right? I felt God telling me 1 John 4, 18, and by the time Zach was done and the time Ray was done, I knew that God was speaking to me, and I need to share this, that maybe somebody's mountain would be moved. Maybe somebody would say, this summer I want to overcome my fear of giving. Maybe this summer I want to overcome whatever it is I'm afraid of and going through, right? It's the same thing with being able to interpret tongues, where you, you will have this gift where you know that God is speaking, and it's for the edification of the body, not the glorification of self. But that is not the same as praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit isn't about a church and edification and, and interpretation. Praying in the Spirit is about speaking mystery, speaking God's language, and being edified yourself. If you've got questions, you need to write them down or remember them. We're almost there, and we'll talk about it in a second. So that was 12, 13, and 27 when it says, Desire the gifts... But for the edification of the body, pray that you interpret if you want the gift of tongues and somebody better interpret if two and three people are getting up there and speaking in tongues. Okay? Verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Oh, so good. I think this is why the atmosphere changes and, and, and our minds and hearts change when we pray in the Spirit so quickly because it says your spirit is praying. The Spirit of God lives inside of each and every one of us, and it's great when I pray. Lord, bless Mary and bless the kids and protect us and just, you know, Lord, just there's so many things you want to do and just bless the ministry, bless the church, bless the families, right? But then when I pray in a tongue, I don't know what I'm saying, but the Spirit might be saying, Lord, Right? The, the Spirit says to the Father, just like the Son says to the Father, God, just, just expose them a little bit, that they would know what it's like to be in danger like you were in danger. I'm saying protect us, but the Spirit is saying, like, no, I know what they need because I'm God, the Spirit. It's saying the Spirit is praying. Listen to that in verse 14. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. If you want to pray the perfect prayers all the time, pray in the Spirit. Because your spirit, the spirit of God that lives inside of you, is talking spirit to father. And if I said it wrong when I was talking with understanding, he is definitely going to say it right. My understanding, I won't understand it, but in the spiritual realm, something special is happening. I, I, I can look at the faces, and I can feel that just like Zach said, when you talk this way to even Christians, they think you're crazy. <laughs> but I don't care if you think I'm crazy. I know the scriptures, and I know the experience. Something crazy is going on where you don't even understand, but you know God is moving and you feel his presence. And you know when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will call to your remembrance everything that Jesus taught and teach you new things? You'll find yourself praying in the spirit and all of a sudden you get smacked in the face basically with the scripture or with a memory or with a, with a he calls to remembrance something or, or with some encouragement. It comes out of nowhere. So good. 
That's why Paul, he's not saying, I wish you all prayed in the Spirit so he can go somewhere and say, look at all these people I taught how to pray in the Spirit. He's saying, I wish you all prayed in the Spirit because then you would be testifying about how the Spirit is smacking you around and showing you things and blessing you and comforting you, challenging you, convicting you, helping you. So many times the things, even conviction-wise, that I've had to get right with the Lord on and get right with my wife on have happened because of praying in the Spirit services. You women want your husbands to get right? Make them go to praying in the Spirit. I'll walk out of here sometimes and I can't even get home because I'm like, ooh, I wasn't even thinking about this, but now I can't stop thinking about it. Verse 15, Paul says, well, what's the conclusion? What do we, where do we go from here? He says, I will pray with the Spirit and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and I will also sing with understanding. He says, I got to have both. I'm going to come in here at church and sing songs word for word and praise with the people of God. And then I'm going to get in my car and make up my own lyrics in the spirit. <laughs> he says, I'm going to pray with understanding as I lead the congregation. I'm going to pray with understanding as I pray over my kids. But I'm also going to pray in the spirit. I got to do both. I got to have both. One's not enough. How many of you have to have both because one's not enough? How many of you understand, like, we, we, we so desperately want to be right with God and be obedient to God and do what God tells us to do that we say, hey, on a Friday night, once a month, we're having praying in the Spirit. On a Sunday morning, two weeks before it, once a month, we're having praying with understanding. Why? Because I got to have both. I got to have it. In 18, Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Paul's not a selfish guy. It's rare that he says stuff like this. It's almost like it accidentally came out. He's like, man, I thank God that I'd be praying in the Spirit more than all you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. We all should pray in the Spirit. But it's so good. It's like, it's like finding a cave with money in it. And every time you come back, it's been replenished with money. And he's like, I wish you all would come to the cave. And then every once in a while, he's like, man, I'm so glad I go to the cave more than the rest of y'all. Does that make sense? Yes. That's praying in the spirit. He's like, I, I want everybody to want it, but at the same time, I'm really happy that I want it. So Paul says, kind of. Verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. He's reminding us, look, this isn't an easy thing to understand, but grow up. Right? In malice be a child. Don't be mean. That's wrong. Don't say stupid. My kids get mad at me when we say stupid, daddy, that's a bad word. You're right, because they're babes and they're pure and like they don't like that, right? He says, act like that with malice and all the evil stuff. When we get into the deep things of God and, and spiritual things, grow up and, and, and engage in it. Don't act like a child. Oh, that's weird. That's icky. I'm not going to do it. That's childish. And God says, no, you are spiritual super beings. My spirit lives inside of you. Grow up. Almost there, verse 23. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Why do we do it on a Friday night once a month? It's because it's supposed to be praying in the Spirit. It's supposed to be separate. It's supposed to be for Christians to go to the cave that only we have access to. On Sunday mornings, we are here to praise God with understanding. We are here to present the gospel in a way that is palatable to anybody and everybody. We don't want people coming in here. Just because we have access to a gift, we shouldn't be flaunting it in front of people that it's not for. 
He says that if you do that in church, they will call you crazy, which is why if you come to this church, we ain't speaking in tongues and praying in tongues at our services. Why? Because God can move without that, and God has given us an opportunity to enter into something without offending others. I've seen people that we've talked to, that we've worshiped with, that we've taught Bible studies to. We've taken them to a conference, right? First time they've ever been to any kind of church thing, and people are everywhere, and they're losing their minds, and they're like, I will never come back around these people, and if this is Jesus, I don't want anything to do with it. And whose fault is that? Our fault. Don't act a fool during worship and do what you want to do. Just worship God with us as one body and one voice. Don't act a fool during altar calls. Because you got the gift. That's not why he gave it to you. He gave it to you to edify the body. Amen. You want to act a fool? Come on Friday night and act a fool with us. <laughs> when it's just us and we're all acting a fool. Amen. We're not acting a fool. But does that make sense? Amen. That's what Paul is saying here. He says, don't grow up. Grow up. Don't act like this is that hard to understand. I want you to do it. I wish you all did it. You should do it more than you are right now, but not in a way that offends people or runs them away from God because it's not for them and it's not for that time. We've had to have that conversation with people after a worship service. Hey, you can't really be doing all that. Why? I'm free. I'm in Jesus. He loves my worship. He loves my prayer. Well, come on. Like, is, are you, it, the scripture says for the edification of the body, not just because you've been set free. What about everybody else? What about the people that just got saved two weeks ago and they're on fire for God, but now they're afraid? Maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe I'm in the wrong church. This seems, this seems weird and foreign to me. Don't say God's bigger than that and he can handle it. If they really loved him, they would enter into it. No, shut up. Don't say that. Come on Friday night and you enter into it. And you let those people walk with the Lord with understanding and edification until they're ready, until they get to the third course in the church. <laughs> Because when we run people out like that, and our church doesn't have a, a huge history of that, but when we do that as the body, it doesn't matter if it's another church with another name, any church that does that, what we do is we judge them and say, they weren't real about it anyway, and they need to go to one of those weak churches down the street. No, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. They say you're out of your mind and your God is not real. I'll go back to school where they teach me things with structure and maturity. I'll skip all the spiritual stuff. That's not God's fault. That's our fault when we do that. Amen. Last one. Verse 32 says, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the, saint, of the saints. I love this one because what it means when it says the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, it means you are in control. The Holy Spirit has not taken over your body and made you flap around. The Holy Spirit has not taken over your mouth and made you say things in the Spirit. No, you still have a level of control. You can stop. <laughs> you can say, oh, it, once I started praying in the Spirit, I'll tell you what the hardest thing to do was not pray in the Spirit. I'd be sitting here in worship and God is moving and we're singing songs and it just wants to come out because I want to go to that place with God that I love so much, that place where it's like, uh, how do you explain it? Like, I could picture like a skydiver. And they try to explain to other people what it's like to jump out of a plane. And most of us are like, you're crazy. I'm never jumping out of a plane. But they love that feeling of free falling before they pull the cord, right? When they're free falling and they're in a place that, they, that they've, they've experienced and they know what it feels like, they can't wait to jump again. 
There'll be times in worship where I'm worshiping and we're singing to God and I'm like, it's so easy right now for me to jump. Like, I know all I have to do is start praying in the spirit and I get to jump. But the scripture says the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. I get to tell myself, now ain't the time to jump. When you want to jump, as soon as you leave here, you can get in the car and jump and pray in the spirit. You don't have to wait till Friday night, the last Friday with the church. Don't get me wrong. You just can't do it right now. I love that the spirits are subject to the prophets because when people tell you, oh, when the spirit moves, and no, 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 no. That's not what it says. It says you're in control. You saw that new person walk in. You are in control. Our, our God, it says, he is the God of peace, not confusion. He's the one that says to you, like, man, I love it. I'm, I'm, but I'm also the God that gave you that mind and those eyes. Look around. As everybody's running out on Sunday and a new lady is here crying and broken. He says, you have eyes, open them. I gave you my heart. Yours should be broken with compassion. How can you run out? Yet you're always down to... Praying in the Spirit. Prayer is in season this summer. That's praying with understanding. That's praying in the Spirit. That's praying out loud. That's praying silently. That's praying in small groups. That's praying as a church. That's praying in their closet. That's praying in your car. Prayer is in season this summer. But tonight it was about praying in the Spirit. And I really want you guys to get it and understand it and overcome your fears. There's no safer place, I'll tell you this, in my experience, and I don't have a ton of experience in the church world, but in my experience, there's never been a safer place than Friday night here for praying in the spirit to enter into something that you may have had fear about, uncertainty about. I can't imagine a better place than with the friends that you have here, the family that you have here, the prayer leader that you have here, to be able to come and say, hey, I wanna watch, <laughs> I wanna hear. I want to pray silently. I want to learn about this. I have never heard of or seen anything like what has been afforded to you. And I really hope you begin to engage in it. And those who are engaged, I hope that you go further and that you testify. The way that Zach and Megan testified to us tonight, and I believe that it really, I know it encouraged me. I believe that when people hear about praying in the spirit from you that are engaging in it, it'll do the same thing in their lives. They hear about it from me and they're like, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to say all that stuff. But when you hear about it from Zach, who hardly says anything, <laughs> right? You're like, what? They're giving? They've got a baby and they're giving? All right. Let the questions begin. It can be about anything, but let's do our best to try to stay in this area for the, for, the, for the first part. If you have a different question, it's fine, but let's try to talk about prayer if, if we want to or need to. If you have a question, who's got a question? All right. Susie. Yes. So what it's saying is your understanding is unfruitful. So it's like, like right now, Ray, say something in Arabic. Give us, give us like three, three sentences in Arabic. Uh, 
All right. What did you understand there? So zero fruit. Whatever he said, it didn't help you at all as far as understanding is concerned, right? Okay, what did you say? I said we were gathering here to hang out, and next week we'll be at the park and get to eat together. All right. So now listen, that's, that's, that's what he's talking about when you, when you pray in the Spirit. What he's saying is it's unfruitful in your understanding. But in the Spirit, that was fruitful. That was valuable, right? You, there is some understanding. There's a location that you need to be at. There's people who are gathered now and are going to be gathering next week. Like something real is being said and, and happening, but your understanding is unfruitful. So he's saying when you pray in the spirit that it's that way. You don't understand what you prayed. You don't know what you were talking about. But God was speaking through you and in you deeper stuff than that, right, so during that time. Does it apply to me personally or not? Yes. I mean, what do you mean? Okay, let me stop right there. I understand your question, so let me answer it like this. I would say yes and beyond, right? Like Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond, okay? So the fact that we don't understand means that, that you could be praying for yourself or you could be praying for your nephew or you could be praying for Susie or, you, or excuse me, for Vicky or you could be praying for Nigeria or you could be praying for this little girl that's being abused and beaten in that moment some other place across the world. You have no idea, but God knows, right? Your understanding is unfruitful, but in, in, in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries. So it doesn't mean that it's not for a reason. Then. Prayer is never for no reason. Amen. Prayer is, it's prayer we're talking about, right? So, yeah. Prayer is never for no reason. So, so how many of us have struggled with, oh, I can only pray for five minutes and I run out of things to talk about. Pray in the spirit. You're praying mysteries. You're praying for the whole world. You're praying for yourself. You're praying for things like when we go on Jericho, right? And we're really trying to think about what it is that we're struggling with and what these mountains are that need to move. Imagine praying in the spirit. So all year long, you didn't even know it, but God was, you were praying about that Jericho. You were praying about it, didn't even know it. And then when the walls come down, you're like, oh, this was a great week. And, and the, no, it wasn't the week. It was all this year of, you didn't even know you were praying for it and you were praying for it. That's the best part about it. I have no idea what I'm praying for, but I know it's good and it's right. For me, when I pray in the spirit, I go back and forth between praying in the spirit and praying with understanding. Because as you're praying in the spirit, like I said, when the Holy Spirit smacks me in the face and says, man, your selfishness in this area and that thing that you said to Mary two weeks ago, I will come out of praying in the spirit and I'll say, God, with understanding, forgive me, help me, remind me to go and apologize to my wife and remind me that this is still in me and it has to come out. And then I'll go back to praying in the spirit. There's no, it's prayer. There's, there's no rules. Like if he's going to put something on my heart, I'm not going to wait till later. Now's the time. It's in season. <laughs> What's that? I don't know if it will be, but I don't think, I don't think it matters. When we get to heaven, it says that everything's going to be revealed to us, right? So if you want to sit down with the Lord, you have eternity, number one. So if you want to sit down with him, hey, you know, I'd really like to talk to you about all the praying in the spirit. He'd be like, I want to talk to you too. And he'll tell you. Right? It's not like it has to happen. It's not like you get there and he's like, all right, first thing, now that you're in heaven, you need to go to revealing what was praying in the spirit. And next week, period two, you're going to go to 201. That's right, Steve. It's not like that, but at the same time, there's nothing we can't ask him, nothing we can't talk about, right? Nowhere you can't go. Everything's probably, like, imagine the best video and, and, and uh, virtual reality that you've ever seen, right? Imagine if you, not only could you ask him what was that about, like, you could go back to it and see, right? 
Oh, you want to know what you, that one Friday night praying in the spirit, this is what you were praying for. And then bam, he takes you there. It would be cool. And it's possible, right? Julia. Hang on one second. Julia. It's more You're 100% right. You're 100% right. That's exactly what praying in the spirit is, is that God knows, but you don't know, right? And it's more than okay. It's what he's asking us to do and what he's encouraging us to do, what he's inviting, what he's inviting us to do. And as you're asking, this is what I was, I was reminded of. You know, a lot of times when you read the scriptures, especially when you first start reading, you don't really understand. But if you waited till you understood to read it, you'd never read it. Just read it. Lord, I didn't understand. I only understood one verse in chapter 3. Well, I'm glad you read all of them. And let's just pray about the one you understood. <laughs> just, just do it. Yep. So you're not going to know, number one, and like anything else in life, trying it once is not enough, right? It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel scary. You're going to feel foolish, but you got to keep going. It's like a baby learning a language. It's like a baby learning a language. They don't learn in one day. Imagine you had a baby and you're like, uh, I love you and I want you to be the best. You're going to be the most awesome child. Now, when you learn how to talk, come talk to me. <laughs> That's not how it works. You got to keep talking to them, keep doing it with them. When I talk about Friday night being a safe place, Right? What if the safest place for Aaron was at home with Junior? What if the safest place was Erica with Joe? Imagine that, right? Like, why? We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, especially to the men. I know that, like, if you've been listening, it's been, it's been coming. <laughs> but, like, why? why? Why would your kids have to have their first tongues experience here on a Friday night? Instead of you being able to open these scriptures to them and say, hey, we're going to go through this together. I'm just as scared as you are, but we believe in the word of God. We trust God. Let's just begin to try this. Yes. It doesn't matter. Put stuff on. Turn stuff off. Lights on, lights off, music on, music off. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it's awesome to have the music up and so loud that you're not as embarrassed because you're not listening to yourself. You can't even hear yourself, right? Till you get to that place. All right, let's keep going. Anybody else? More questions. We said a lot. We talked about a lot. There's got to be questions. Steve. <laughs> what is that? What is that, Greek? Yep. He tripped me out, and then the second time was over at Almani, and I'm like, there's just a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like the Bible says, like, I was a little taken back, and like, uh, but then I guess through the, the courses and through just learning more and reading mm. more, like, I began to understand more. Amen. Realize that it's not, they're not weirdos, and it's not so weird, but I could see how people would be like, and I've talked to other people from other churches, they're like, oh, I don't believe. It was definitely a trip when I see when he was on stage on a Bible study on Wednesday night. Yep. And I was like, what, what, what is he saying? 
So, what a great testimony because you can hear what the scriptures say is going to happen actually happen to him. Again, I, I appreciate the fact that, number one, you're in a safe place where you can ask questions and, and you can endure as you're learning, right, instead of running like some people do. Uh, and then I also love that you said you went through the courses and you read and you learned. And now you're one of the ones that come all the time to our Friday night praying in the spirit services. So if you don't mind, would you share what, what your experiences have been at the, at the Friday night praying in the spirit services? That's right. And he was speaking in tongues, and I just, I mean, we think, I think for me, like, we, and maybe others, I don't know, think, get in your head too much about it, and what's coming out of your mouth, but it's like Miss Peaches is always telling me, like, just start saying something, mm -hmm. and like, it, it feels, it does, it feels funny, it feels weird, but like, I, you know, I've, I've been practicing in the car, and mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you call it practicing, but like, you just gotta... Uh, just get in the zone and just, just start spewing it out. Yeah, just keep going. Don't yeah, give up. Going. So I love a couple things again that you said. Number one, uh, about Ms. Peaches helping you. We have a prayer ministry leader, right? So some people have resources that they never tap into, right? You, the person is there, and they've been called by God to be there in your church to help you with prayer, but we won't call her and talk to her or ask her for help or ask her to pray with us, but some of us will, and those are the people that continue to grow. I started a, a new job, and I'm paying attention because I plan to be there for a while. I'm like, there's so many resources here. <laughs> like, you know that packet of stuff you get when you get hired that nobody reads because all you care about is getting that check? I'm flipping through that thing like, I'm taking pictures like, did you know that companies offer this kind of stuff? Like, they offer counseling. They offer, like, like to friends and family, like, suicide counseling or addiction counseling for 100% free. All you have to do is tell your friends, hey, you sound like you're going through something. Here's a number that you can call. And because I work for the company, a counselor will talk to you for free for hours. And if they feel like you need more care, you will actually be able to go sit down with somebody. I'm like, if people just use the resources they have, imagine if people just use the resources they have. So most of the time on our Friday night praying in the spirits, because it's not a time of teaching like this, we don't do a whole lot. We just open it up. There's worship and people just engage at, at your pace. That particular night, I felt like God telling me, let's get into small groups. We got into small groups and we all spread out. It wasn't like me and Mary. We all spread out. And just so you know, we've been doing that with our kids. Just like I told everybody here tonight, they're going to, they're not going to be exposed at church. They're going to be exposed at home. So we've been going through that with them. But just so you know, they were just as scared, if not more scared. Just like Naomi when she came up here and she was terrified. She's the pastor's kid and she's terrified to get up here and, and public speak. Um, but that's what I believe God will do, right? He used the mouth of a babe, an 11-year-old boy, to encourage a grown man. Right? And I made it a point not to be in Nate's group. I came around to the different groups and tried to encourage them. They're my kids, right? But to hear them, because that's what they do at home. We'll get in a circle and we'll do it and we'll pray together and... They'll be quiet and maybe go for three or four seconds. But in my mind, I'm thinking three or four seconds at 11, 10, and 5 will be three or four hours at 35 and 40. But it starts at home, right? So um, we always just encourage them that. And then by the end, Nate's been the one that all of a sudden he's a little bit louder. And he's going for 10 seconds, 15 seconds by the time we're done praying. Right? And imagine God, when he gets to heaven, 
is going to take Nate back and say, hey, remember that Friday night when you were 11 and you were praying in that small group? Let me show you how, encouraged, how you encourage Steve. And then when he shows Steve's house up on the mansion, up on the hill, he'd be like, you had a part in that. You can go to Steve's house whenever you want. <laughs> All right, more questions. I think it's so good. Brenda and then Olivia. Order, like, you know how your faith talks order? Yep. How, like, is there a sense of, like, how many years you've been saved or how many None of that. Years? Brenda's asking about, about order because it says God's a God of order. Here's, here's what I believe and here's what I think is effective for us to understand. In a church service, there's supposed to be order, like we said, right? Everybody's not running around doing their own thing. We have established an order, right? And if somebody happened to have a tongue, right, that order requires that somebody interpret that. Otherwise, it's out of order, right? And it's saying, again, that the spirit is subject to, uh, to, the, to the prophet. So they need to be able to stop and wait for an interpretation or another person come up. And if nobody has interpretation, like, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I may have, I may have overstepped there, but there's grace, <laughs> right? Um, the way that we've tried to deal with that, and you guys know how my heart and how my mind works. I'm, I'm a pretty, like, systematic and methodical type person. I believe in the Holy Spirit doing all kinds of stuff. But what, I've, what I believe that we, the stage that we're in as a church when it comes to order is we're not going to do that on Sundays. We're all going to control ourselves. But we're going to provide an opportunity on Fridays for that. And my hope is that as people begin to enter into it and see what the value is, that it'll become something where every Friday people want to be here for that, not just once a month. Like somebody saying, I'll lead this Friday because I want to be there for anybody who wants to come. I'll lead next Friday because I want to be there for anybody who wants to come. And that spirit just continues to move and move and move. Uh, I look at, it depends on what kind of church you are, but as far as order is concerned, again, at the way, I look at it like anything else. Um, if you practice all week and then you only play games on Sunday, like your kids play games on Saturday or whatever it is, like, I look at praying in the spirit in a very similar way. Like, we don't, we don't have to do that on Sunday because we've been doing it all week. We've been doing it on Friday nights. You've been doing it in your car. I've been doing it in the car. And we bring that spirit to church with us, not the actual gift necessarily and speaking. Does that make sense? Amen. Right? So if you've been working out all week, let's use that analogy, your muscles come with you when you come to church. You can't, like, take them off, right? But you don't come in here and start doing push-ups on the altar. Like, you already got the muscles. We know you're filled with the Spirit. We don't need that on a Sunday morning because our goal on Sunday morning is to edify the body with, 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 uh, un with teaching that is palatable and to reach the lost. That's what we're here to do on Sunday. Worship the King, edify the body, and teach the body, and then uh, present the gospel to the lost that they might be able to respond to it. Right? What we do any other time is something else, right? If you have questions about that, feel free to ask them, right? Now's the time. Miss Peaches? Speak up, please.
So Ms. Peaches, let me, let me jump in a little bit and say a couple things. Number one, I agree with you 100%. The Bible talks about through the exercising of your faith, right? So some of us have been wondering our whole lives, what is my gift? You know, maybe I'm not a worshiper. Maybe I'm not a, a pastor. Maybe I'm not whatever you want to say, but man, you got a gift. But the only way for it to be identified is like through exercise. You got to actually be doing something. So like Ms. Peaches said, show up and see what God might do and show up more than once. Uh, on the other side of that though, I wish, just like Paul wished, that everybody would do it. You wish that everybody would do it. You can encourage, but let's, let's be honest. It ain't going to happen. Like, Paul was probably sad when he died that everybody didn't do what he told him I wished everybody did. So I want to look at everybody out here and say, it doesn't matter if everybody does it or not. You do it. Amen. Everybody's not going to do it. Like, right now, there's people in the church that don't read their Bible. And how many years have I been saying, everybody read your Bible, please? But it's just not going to happen. You do it. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You do it, Miss Peaches. I'm not being a Debbie Doubter, right, or Downer or whatever it is. Like, of course, we wish everybody would, but we wish everybody would go through the courses, and some people ain't going to do it. We wish everybody would show up for prayer. Some people ain't going to do it. But as we look out tonight, man, I just hope that you're one that does. We wish everybody's going to give. Everybody ain't going to give. You do it, right? So I'm with you, though, Miss Peaches. Just don't be depressed if there's five. Don't be depressed if there's... 500. Uh, just understand that it's, it's an open door. You have a key. You have access. And we, we want you to be able to enter into it. Hold on, uh, Julia. Olivia? Um, what's the difference? No, I, don't, I don't think that's the right word. Um, you know how the Lord has many gifts to give us? Mm -hmm. we, you know, we desire to have them in your ask. Yep. What's the difference between speaking in tongues mm -hmm. and so let me answer it this way. Praying in tongues is for everybody. You don't have to have a gift. It's just like learning a baby to talk. If you start talking and praying in tongues, you will get better and better at it. Your language will, will develop so that you have more of a vocabulary to pray in the spirit and to pray longer, right? And, and receive the benefits of that. Speaking in tongues, according to scripture, is a gift that's given to certain people. Just like some people have the gift of evangelism. Some people have the gift of teaching. Some people have the gift of helps. Some people have the gift of administration. There's, there's gifts that God gives to you that are, that are specific. So some people wait around their whole life saying, I want the gift of tongues. I want the gift of tongues. And they never get it because they're waiting for the, the gift that Miss Peaches was talking about where the spirit will come in a special way and give you a tongue. And then the spirit will also provide an interpreter to interpret what you said. And Paul says, pray for the gift of interpretation. Sometimes you'll get a tongue if you have that gift, and you'll be able to interpret what the Spirit was saying. But it's not for everybody. Like some people could pray their whole life, I want to be an evangelist, and never lead anyone to the Lord because it's just not a gift that they were given, right? There is the other side of it where you might not have the gift of evangelism, but you have a testimony that can change people's lives, right? Share your testimony and see people's lives change. But don't think that you're going to be Billy Graham or Greg Laurie if that's not what God has gifted you with. Does that make sense? So it's the same thing with praying in the spirit or the gift of tongues. Stop sitting around praying or asking God, give me the gift of tongues. Give me the gift of tongues. I'm waiting for this gift to drop on me. And I just start speaking in tongues like I've been doing it my whole life. Right? That's not a reality. Even the people that have the gift of evangelism, it didn't just drop on Greg Laurie. He had to practice and do it and step out and go and try to share the gospel. And people say, shut up and get out of here. If you hear him talk, he tells you how often that used to happen to him. But then his gift was actually developed, right? So even the gifts have to be developed. But 
Does that make sense? I hope I answered your question. There's a gift of tongues with interpretation. Either you have it or somebody else interprets, right? And it's more of a, it's hard to describe, but it's more of a, of a, of an anointing that a particular person may be able to walk in. And then there's praying in the spirit, which is for everybody all the time. No special gift. It's just like, right? It's just part of prayer, right? Do you have to have a special gift to pray? You don't have to have a special gift to pray in the spirit either. It's just part of prayer. It's for everybody. You don't have to have a special gift of reading to read the Bible. It's for everybody. Get a version that you understand, read it as slow as you have to, but it's for everybody. Right? I don't have the gift of reading and remembering. I, I was going to say I hate those people. I don't hate those people, Lord. But, but I'm, challenged, I'm challenged by those people that can speed read and remember everything. Could you imagine if you could read the Bible like this? Like, hmm, 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 hmm. Matthew chapter 10, verse 14 says, and then like, remember all of it? Could you imagine? Why do you think God doesn't give that gift to preachers? He wants us like this. Hmm. No, 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 I didn't get it. Hmm, hmm, hmm. No, 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 I didn't get it. Right? Like the gift you want is probably not the gift you're going to get. And I'll tell you another thing about gifts from God. If you ain't going to use them, he ain't going to give them to you. They, they're irrevocable. They do belong to you, but he ain't going to waste it. Like, like I said earlier, if, if God wanted to make me a preacher or a teacher of his word, right, I believe with all my heart that that's why when I first began to open the Bible, he was giving me understanding. It wasn't because he, he does love me, but it wasn't because he's like, oh, Vaughn, I just want you to really understand this. It's because he said, you're going to tell other people what I tell you. And if you keep doing that, I'll keep telling you what it means. <laughs> The minute I decide that I'm not interested in telling people what this means, I believe the next minute will be the minute I stop understanding it and getting revelation from God. So if you want the gift of tongues and you haven't begun to pray that it would be interpreted and people's lives would be changed and you don't care when it is or where it is, you will share what God tells you, don't expect to get it. What for? You're a fig tree that doesn't have any fruit on it. Jesus came for the fruit and there's no fruit. You're cursed, you're dead, you wither away and die. He says, I gave you the gift of tongues and interpretation so that you could speak in the tongue, get the interpretation, because this Sunday, this lady is going to come in and she needs somebody to say these words to her. And if you ain't going to say them, you could sit there all you want and tell me what, you, what gifts you want. But I'm looking for somebody else that'll say, you know what? I'm going to ask Miss Peaches about this praying in the spirit stuff, and I'm going to keep coming even though I feel weird and I feel exposed and I feel strange. I'm going to keep coming. God's like, all right, I'm going to talk to him. That's just how it works. It's not personal. You know the scriptures about like the talents? He's like, I gave it to you, you buried it in the sand. I didn't give it to you to bury it in the sand. Give it back. I'm going to give it to the people that are actually using it. If you got one gift, use it. God gave Patrick and Angela a truck. They are the first ones here every service because they understand the gift. They're the last ones to leave as they clean everything up because they're going to use the gift. Mark my words, they're going to get more gifts. I was here at two something. A pastor came to meet me at four something and church doesn't start till seven. All of a sudden I hear the door open. I'm like, Jesus? Is that you? It's like five o'clock. And I just like, Yoo-hoo, it's just me. 
and I came downstairs to talk to him. Angela's, Angela's sitting there, and I'm talking to her, and Patrick literally comes running by me with, with paper towels and cups for water. I got another pastor of the church, and he's running by me to put stuff in places. And then I'm talking to Angela, and I'm like, man, you guys are here early. She's like, we're always early. Don't tell me we're here early tonight. We're always early. And then she said, we used to have to take the van. I'm going to put it all out there, Angela. She said, we used, to, we used to have to take the van and have to wait on people, but we don't have to wait anymore. We just jump in the truck and we come. Amen. But others of us think we're super spiritual because we're at home like, God, just give me the gift. Rain down tongues on me. Rain down tongues on me. Give me the gift of tongues. Give me the gift of tongues. Like, why? I gave you a vehicle. You ain't picked one person up. I gave you a job. You haven't given me a dollar. I gave you a life group. You won't take a meal. I gave you hurting family, and you got the, you got the, the, the river of living water, and, and people are, are thirsty around you. All right. Last couple questions, and we're going to shut it down. Everybody good over here? <laughs> I'll come back to you, Susie. Brenda. Mm-hmm. But they were talking uh, different, like you said, there's Bibles out there, different versions and stuff. And I learned there's one that's NIRV, and it's talking about, like, which says there's so much mentality out there that there's disabled and all that. And they were talking about, like, it's for a 13th grade, third grade level reading. But, like I was saying, like, they taught, like, how to pray because they're saying, like, a lot of people forget that prayer and worship are like in line. Is that incorrect? Or? So I'll just answer the last part of your question that on Sunday, were you here on Sunday? So on Sunday, we had a little 10 year old girl up here and she had a word from God right, that she got while she was in the shower because the Bible says that, she, that he will give us visions and dreams. So she stood here and she said what God told her right, in your church is that worship is praying to God because you're actually talking to him. And she said that it's, it's also um, when you're singing to God, you get to pray in a fun way. And she said it's also preaching because our songs have the word of God in them. So people are hearing it and they're going to go back and say, I wonder what that was or where is that in the scripture? Her name's Naomi Jarrett. And she, <laughs> and she gave that word to our church. The song that we sang today, uh, put the last song up. There's a, there's a scripture, there's a, word, there's a portion of the scripture. Can you put it up? No longer slaves. Um, so part of it is here. Um, all my fears were drowned in perfect love, right? So that's, that's perfect. Leave it there. This is the line that made me think about 1 John 4.18 that says, perfect love cast out fear. Why? Because we're not just singing songs. It's scripture, and that's why it has power, and that's why it's changing people's lives, and that's why the Holy Spirit, when I sing out, all my fears were drowned in perfect love, the Holy Spirit says, 1 John 4, 18. (laughs) Yes, prayer is worship. Worship is prayer, having fun, singing to God, Holy Spirit involved in it and moving, doing it as a community, lifting up 
the name of the Lord, the book of Psalms, they did it as a community as they were ascending to give praise to God or they were descending into a battle, right? I'm glad I was here to hear what she had to say. I'm glad that when she told me, I said to myself, this would probably edify the body. It's not just for me. Because that's what he says, you want the gifts to edify the body. The reason I forced my daughter and I pushed my daughter and I didn't let her sit back and say, you're scared. Oh, I gotta take care of my little baby, my little girl. I don't want you to be scared. No, we're gonna do what Jesus tells us. Because if you wanna keep, I told her before when she was upstairs, I said, if you want God to keep talking to you, you have to share what he tells you. And then as her father, I have to make her do it. But I don't just, that's right, she shot out. But I don't just expose her and leave her up there afraid. Like a good father, I stand with my daughter just like our good father stands with us. Amen. Susie? So, you guys miss these long Wednesday nights where people ask questions and you don't get to go home? I do. <laughs> I um, sometimes when I pray in tongues, I'm rebuked to Peter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm not. Mm-hmm. Is that ineffective or is the... So sometimes when you, when you tell Peter that you love him, are you like overwhelmed with emotion? You're just like, hey, Peter, I love you. And then sometimes, do you look at him and you're like, I love you. <laughs> like, like, I love you. Does it mean that the other times when you're like, okay, baby, I'll see you when you get home, I love you, doesn't mean anything? <laughs> it's the same thing with prayer. Like, sometimes you're like, man, I'm crying. And other times I'm just like, man, I know I need to talk to you, Lord. I love you. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. There's no, like, he loves us. He just wants to talk to us. There's certain times when Mary tells me she loves me, and I know it's just because we're getting off the phone. There's other times where, like, I'll pause, and I'll be like, man, that was, that was deep. <laughs> like, I, need, I did something right, or I need to do something right real soon. <laughs> don't worry about the small stuff, you know? Sometimes you cry, sometimes you don't. I know this for me. When I haven't cried in a while, and God brings me to tears, it's so special, and it's so sweet. There was a time where like, you know, even as a, as a Christian man, I'm secure in, in my manhood, but there was a time where like I feel myself about to start to cry and I try to hold it back. Now, if I feel like a tear might come, I'm like, get it out, get it out. Come on, Lord, bring it. I want rivers, come on. I want that. It's so refreshing. Have you ever had a cry and you feel like you took a spiritual shower? Like you're just like, oh, I feel fresh. I feel clean. I feel relieved. I feel like all my energy is out. Right? So when you get those moments, enjoy them. When you don't, don't act like he's not listening or it doesn't matter. It's still special. Question? I don't have a question. I just want to encourage those who at least bring one person over the summer to this church or if not to an event. Uh, I don't have any gifts or anything for you for doing that, but just think of the gifts that you'll get once you get to heaven. Well, everybody has an opportunity on Friday. Everybody has an opportunity on, on Sunday. And just so you know about the courses, you know, we, we put them in a particular order, but I want to encourage you guys as, you're, as you hopefully are talking to friends and family, tell them any of those five that they're interested in, let them do it. They don't have to go in order just because you do, kind of. <laughs> let them do it. If they want to learn about baptism, if they want to learn about ministry or discipleship, let them do it and, and believe that the Lord will bring them in. All right. Sarah?
That's right. Um, I know when I first got saved, I was intimidated to see other people's gifts and and you know things they could do, and I mean, it took it took me years to know and learn and understand that that may not be my gift, even though it's something I enjoyed at some point. But that may not be something God wants me to do, and I have other gifts. Amen. That's so good. Can you guys give Sarah a hand? Because I think that's so good, so special. Um, and personally, I don't think I do a good enough job of reinforcing that. So I want to, I wanna, um, yeah, tag on to that, that uh, Sarah's 100% right. Don't be discouraged. Don't be intimidated. And also remember, I think about this as the pastor of this church, that some people look at churches and they say, look, it's 500 people. It's 1,000 people. That's a church. You know, 40 people in here at this church tonight. That's not a church. Tell that to the people who are here. Like, your lives matter. Like, black lives matter. Your lives matter. All right? So this, this is how I feel about, about kind of what you were saying, Sarah. Like, whatever gift God has given me, it doesn't matter if it's 10 people, 40 people, 100 people, or 5,000 people. Like, the gift matters to use it, right? So I, I especially think about women. Uh, just encouraging one other woman is like, that's special. Like, you don't have to be a conference speaker. You don't have to be whatever... Uh, What's her name? You guys know. Any, uh, yeah, you don't have to be Joyce Myers. You just need to be Sarah for so-and-so. You know what I mean? And that's how I always feel about it. If I was able to lead one person to the Lord, like, don't tell me I ain't done nothing. Like, that's a big deal, right? Your gifts matter. Uh, all the gifts matter. So thank you for that, Sarah, and encourage one another to use their gifts. All right, Olivia? I have a crazy one. Let's do it. So good. Thank you for that. So uh, you can give her a hand. I know you guys want to. Go ahead. So again, you guys know how my ears work, but listen to what she said. She said that Miss Peaches um, called her and said, hey, do you want to read your book out loud? Because I think it'll, it'll help you to be able to finish it. And she was already reading it out loud. When we were talking about the gifts, and if you'll use them, God will continue to give them to you, right? Ms. Peaches wants the gift of, of prophesying. Ms. Peaches wants the gift of being able to encourage people specifically with words from the Lord. So just imagine what that must feel like for somebody who's like, God, God, I want you to give this to me. And you say, all right, Ms. Peaches, you should encourage Olivia to read out loud. And then you call her and she's already doing it. You're like, man, I'm, I'm on the cusp. Amen. 
So next time God gives her a word, it might not be right, but she better step out in faith and call whoever it is and encourage them. That's what I was saying earlier about your gift has to be developed and you have to be willing to use it, even if stepping out in it makes you look foolish sometimes, right? You have to be willing to do it. Uh, so special. I'm glad you were willing to read. I'm glad you're willing to listen. You know that I've opened up my office to a bunch of men and said, if you want to read, if you want to read with me, you can come up here, you can read out loud, you can sit there and read quietly. I'm not much company before service. You know, if I told you how many times that door has been opened, you'd be shocked with how many times it has not been opened. But I'm glad that you were reading out loud. I'm glad you took her call. And I'm glad that you took the book and you're reading it and you're in tears and you want to give it to somebody else. That's what the courses are designed for. They're not designed for us to be able to say, Oliva's another one that did it. It's for her life to be changed and for the life of somebody else to be changed. Amen? Good job, girl. Good job. That's why Lydia was at the river when Paul came with the women having a dang prayer meeting. It should have been Leo. Leroy. Leon. Anything manly. All right. Anybody else? Anybody who hasn't said anything tonight, I mean, you're sitting there, you're thinking, come on, let it out. You said something, but go ahead, Raymond. No, I didn't say anything. Yes, you did. Just to piggyback on what Sarah said and how intimidating some other people's gifts can be, and I think you mentioned it too, when we fleshly, and I say that cautiously, when we fleshly desire a specific gift, it goes against truly what the Spirit has for us. Galatians 5, 16. Hey, bro, you're a good drummer and a good singer. Whoa. We saw you. You're a good drummer and a good singer, bro. Staying on beat. Oh, oh. Like, yeah, Ray, get him. Yeah. So. Oh, I miss Wednesday nights. You guys want to come back next week? Ooh. Uh, my eyes to it. Gifts of help, gifts of being an armor bearer, gifts of so, serving of different things. Listen, listen, stop for one second. I want to I wanna just, you're right on. There are multiple gifts, but some that are more useful in the kingdom and more, more useful in different seasons. There was a time where you're the only drummer, but you've raised up others, right? There was a time where if you weren't doing it, nobody was doing it. Like you said, the gift of helps, the gift of discipling, being an elder in the church. This gift is gratifying to you, right? Those other gifts are more fruitful and edifying to the body. And we have to have that maturity to be able to say, I'm going to step away from one that I may like more. For instance, I love Wednesday night Bible study. 
But what's more edifying to the, bo to the body is life groups on Wednesday night. And as we mature, we begin to make our decisions that way, all right? You also said, uh, it's almost as if you listened to the message on Sunday. You said, what we desire is often <clears throat> of the flesh, and we're not open to what God might have for us. On Sunday, one of the points was what we desire versus the door that God opens, right? And what we said is it's okay to have desires and it's okay to pray those desires, but it's not okay to ignore the doors that God may be opening. Lord, I wanna stay on the drums. Lord, I need to stay on the drums. Lord, I need a microphone over here with these drums. And that's what I desire. But then God keeps saying, sound room is open. Discipling is open. Hosting a life group is open. Eldership is open, and you got to be like, Lord, I've expressed my desire, but I'm going to go through the door that you've opened for me. That's it. That's why you're an elder. That's why you're a leader here. It's, be it's not because uh, any other reason. What it, means, what it means to be discipled, what it means to become a, a strong man of God who can disciple others is that that's how you make your decisions. That's how you pray, that's how you lead, and that's how you care for others. You put others before yourself all the time. You humble yourself before me all the time. There's like, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. You got gifts on top of gifts. It's because you're willing to give everything you got to everybody else. That's it. Amen. I love Raymond. I want to be like Raymond when I grow up. All right. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Don't let Raymond's spirituality intimidate you. And Sarah. Wasn't always like that, though, right? right? People come in and look at you guys, like, oh, they're spoiled, super spiritual, think they're special, they're little twin, beautiful girls. So listen, praying in tongues, like we said, is for everybody. The gift of speaking in tongues is given by the Spirit to whoever he sees fit for whatever reason he sees fit. Um, I think it's interesting. What Paul is telling the Corinthians is like, all oh, you guys want all these gifts, but I hope you want them for the edifying of the body. And that's the same thing God says to us. I got no problem giving you gifts, but they ain't for you to be spoiled. It's for the body to grow. So I'll go back to that. Desire them, pray for them, but for the right reasons. And I'd also like to add to that, like, there's so many things that you don't need a gift for to do. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're all talking tonight about gifts and what's special. It's like, like, you don't need, like, a special heavenly gift to sweep. <laughs> like, you don't need this amazing talent to put a flyer on a car. Right? Like, like oh, you, have you seen this? Have you seen how my arm works? Like, have you ever seen an arm like this? Watch this. Like, you don't need a gift for that. You don't need a gift to, like, show up early. I have, I have the gift of, of responding to my alarm when it goes off. Like, you don't need a gift for that. I have the gift of, like, setting aside 10 minutes a day to open the book. That's not a gift. It's just discipline. I have the gift, Steve testified, I have the gift of being able to say yes. That's not a gift. It's just... Make up in your mind you're going to say yes. I have the gift of giving. Nobody has the gift of giving. 
Nobody like puts their wallet in their pocket, it just pops out. See my gift? It just, look, I'm not, look. You need something? Look. Nobody has that gift. You just have to tell yourself like, I'm gonna be a little bit selfless right now. It's still hard for everybody. I went to lunch with my dad today and I, I, I picked him up, we went to lunch and we were, we were at the fish grill and I ordered first and then he ordered, he already had his card out. I was like, I got it. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, and he put his wallet back in. And as I was paying, the selfishness came out like, you could have got it. <laughs> I don't have a gift. I just do what I know I'm supposed to do. It's my own dad. It's not a gift, it's obedience. <laughs> You're my dad. I have a job. You took care of me my whole life. I'm gonna buy you some salmon. Does that make sense tonight? Like, there's so many things that we could do in the kingdom that you don't need a gift for. So maybe even tonight we should be thinking, like, let's focus on those things. <laughs> and we'll keep praying about the gift as we do what we know that we can do. Amen. Amen. Going once. Going twice. Miss Peaches. Ain't nobody going to come to your prayer class. I'm just kidding. So good. So, Miss Peaches, I, I appreciate the testimony. Um, you guys had some people here worshiping, leading worship. Who was playing? Yvette? So, <laughs> so listen, the reason, the reason why I'm asking is, is that's what I'm trying to say is coming to a Friday night pray, praying in the spirit service, like you never know what's going to happen, but like you could be used, you could witness something amazing. Uh, I was going to ask Berna, but I, I held off, but since my mom put you out there already, Berna, like uh, try to be loud, but, and, and I, might be, I might be off here. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to ask you like, what, what did it take to get you here for praying in the Spirit? What were your thoughts before? What, what did you feel when, when Ms. Peaches says that the Spirit was moving and you gave it a little head nod? Like, can you give us just a brief? Mm. Even though I thought it was supposed to be a quiet time, 
Amen. Amen. So that's, that's, that's it, right? Like, she came on a Friday night and worshiped louder than she ever did before. Our kids, those same kids that she mentioned, Matthew and Noah, Noah's always here, but Matthew has been here quite a lot. They come to the front, they get prayed over, and then they go upstairs and go to class. He's been hearing the word of God for a while, but on a Friday night, praying in the Spirit is when the Spirit led him to give his life to the Lord and confess and repent and ask for forgiveness. Berna, you said, you walked in and said, Holy Spirit, have your way. Whatever happens, happens, right? And then you said, you heard the Spirit tell you, sit down and watch. And then you watched and saw the Spirit move into every single person, right? So, like, that's what we're trying to say. It's not, we want you to come and you better open your mouth. It's just, just show up and see if what 1 Corinthians 14 says is real. See if the God that claims to do things is real, right? My heart's desire, just so you know, is that everybody would do it, not for the sake of doing it, but you hear me preach a lot and I say, the Holy Spirit's got to do something. You'll hear me tell people as they come for prayer that the Spirit of God will do something in your life. And there's so many times where I feel like people are nodding their heads, but they've never seen it, and they've never experienced, so they're not really with me, right? But I feel like when I, when I speak something like that or we're praying with somebody, like Miss Peaches is like fully convinced that the Spirit can do it in this person's life. Burn is fully convinced now that like, look, it may not be happening to me in this moment, but I'm fully convinced that this isn't just another altar call. We're, she's, she's in the back saying, Holy Spirit, do it. She's saying, Holy Spirit, do it. Sandra's coming and actually placing hands like, Holy Spirit, you can do it. Whether the Spirit does it or not, like we really believe. Jesus said, if you believe, these mountains will move. I want us to be a church full of people who don't just understand that God is real and that his spirit is real, but have experienced him in unique ways themselves. As witnesses, as participants, right? As vessels. Imagine if more of us have been experiencing the spirit of God in all those ways. Imagine what that does to, to a church, to an altar call, right? Hurry. Mm. Yeah, she was a she was a repeat offender. Go ahead. Amen. Everybody say second time. Second time. So listen, you got to go back, <laughs> right? 
And, like, and even like you said, Sandra, what a wonderful testimony. You said it's only, only happened a couple times. And like I said to, to Miss Susie, it's not going to happen every time, but it, it will happen. And not just the laughing, just, just feeling the presence of God and knowing that it couldn't have been just because. It is God. It is his spirit. And he is doing something right now. Just keep going back. Go to the praying in the spirit services, but pray in the spirit at home. Do it in your car. Begin to practice. Whatever it is, I promise you, just, if you just keep going back, you're going to keep seeing God show up. Right? If you walk away from it, it's just going to stop like anything else you walk away from, right? So, yeah. all right, we have to go home. This is why now you guys are remembering just a little bit why you were like, man, Wednesday nights are so long. Dang, it's 940. I got to go home. Why don't we stand? So I'll put the challenge out there. You know, I expect disciples to be there on Friday night, but for everybody else, I want to challenge you. Change your plans around. We're here from 7 to 8.30. We've tried to be conscious of time where at 8.30 we stop. And sometimes the spirit is moving, and it's kind of like, you know, we turn the music off and the lights on, and people just kind of keep going sometimes because the spirit is moving. But at the same time, it's, uh, for me, it's a reminder, like, just because we're going to leave the church doesn't mean you have to stop. Go get in your car and keep praying. <laughs> Go home and keep praying. It's, it's, it's a lesson that I think we're trying to help people learn. But anyway, the challenge is show up here on Friday night. You guys can make it here on Wednesday from 7 to 8.30. If you show 7 to 7.30, if you show 8 to 8.30, if you show for the whole time, just come and come and see. Come and see what God might do. Uh, this is the summer of love at the way. 1967 has nothing on 2019. Uh, we are going to uh, love each other. We are going to gather and we are going to pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you uh, for challenging us. We thank you for giving us your word. We thank you for uh, um, telling us to act like babes in certain areas, but then to grow up in others, Lord God. Uh, we thank you for the openness and the honesty here in this place as people testify tonight about never seeing it, never being exposed to it, not growing up that way, having fears, having doubts. Lord, but here we are. Here we are still pursuing you and still asking and still showing up, Lord. And we believe that, uh, that you're a good father and you're proud of your children, Lord. You're proud of us and you have something for us. As we talk about gifts, uh, you say that uh, we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more you, our Father in heaven, will give good gifts to those who ask you, Lord God. We're asking for more of your spirit. We're asking for more of your presence. We're asking for more of an ability to hear from you and to share with others. We're asking for uh, gifts of even healings to be able to help people, Lord, to be physically healed and also to be emotionally healed, Lord God. We desire everything that you have for us, but not for ourselves, for the sake of others for the edification of the body, Lord God. Whatever gifts we have, Lord, if we have skills and instruments, it's so others would be able to worship you. If we have skills in understanding your word, it's so that we can bring others into understanding, Lord God. If we have an ability to pray, as we heard last Sunday, Lord God, that as uh, Paul was praying, Lord, the other prisoners were listening and they were set free, Lord God. It's always about others. It's always about others. Let this summer not be so much about us. Let us remind uh, ourselves that uh, we're Christians, and Christ, you are always concerned with others. We love you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. I was nowhere you came to my room.
Our service times are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.thewaybrea.com or you can download our church app by visiting your app store and searching The Way Brea. Be blessed.